Hey everyone, this is Christopher Luxon, the former CEO of Air New Zealand. This is John Lee Dumas, the founder and host of Entrepreneurs on Fire. This is Tracy Ibarra. I'm an executive solutions at Dell Technologies. This is Travis Chappell, founder of Build Your Network. If you are wanting to learn how to embrace change, to navigate through disruption as a leader, then listen to the Leadership is Changing podcast. The Leadership is Changing podcast. The Leadership is Changing podcast with my good friend, my very good friend, Dennis Giannoutsos. Welcome to Leadership is Changing. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change. This is taking your leadership to another level by finding the balance between executive excellence and personal well-being through stories that inspire real change. It's time to adapt in our fast-moving world when leadership is changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsos. Thank you, Dennis. It's lovely to be here and I really appreciate you bringing me on the show. So yeah, just kind of jumping into you know my Marvel character backstory because you know, for anybody who is a superhero nerd like myself, every character, whether it's a hero or a villain, always has some kind of backstory that makes them who they are. Uh, so anyway, the way that my backstory goes is that I was about 20 years into a corporate career, right? I was in the technology industry, came out of undergrad in finance, got my MBA, basically did everything exactly the way that a good Gen Xer like me was supposed to do it. Was right through college, managed to get through with no debt, um, you know, got into a corporate job, got them to pay for the MBA, bought a house, bought a car, bought a bigger house, you know, kid, bigger house, another kid, all that stuff. And so, but then 20 years in, what had happened was I was running the program management office for another tech company. I'd actually switched from one role to another, but that's fine. And then one day, the person who hired me, he elected to do early retirement, which for people who are not familiar with corporate life, anytime somebody says early retirement, that means that somebody was paid to leave. That means they were told, okay, you don't have a job here anymore, but if you leave right now, we'll give you money. Otherwise you get nothing. And people say they're going to take early retirement. And then half the time they end up going and doing something else. Okay, so my uh, the guy who hires me, Dick's early retirement, a uh, new chief, new CIO, chief information officer, comes in from the Silicon Valley, San Francisco Bay Area, and he was around for about a month or so. We kind of we started doing the hey, everybody's dialing, everybody's dialing into the meetings, and then one day I get a thirty minute meeting on my calendar with about an hour's notice and no subject, and I go, okay, well this is weird. Okay, whatever. I. I Log in. And then he says, well, as, as you know, we have budget constraints. So your position's being eliminated today. And so then HR comes on the line and says, all right, so we are sending a severance package to your personal email. And we're going to be FedExing out a box for you to uh, pack up your laptop and send it back here. And then shortly after that, about three to five minutes, my network access was cut off. So April 20th, 2020, I'm now unemployed, just like 40 million other people in the U.S., and so, you know, after that, I ended up putting in somewhere between three and 400 job applications, ghosted, nothing. I think I ended up going through two interview cycles uh, with pretty major companies. In both cases, I got close, but not close enough. And it's, th this is one of the things that I, I just think is so funny slash broken about the way that traditional interview processes go is that like, for example, there would be a requisition out there for a finance manager. Okay. I'm one of 150 people who apply. I go, okay, well, so they decided to talk to me. I go through three rounds. They're hiring two people and I'm like number four. I go, oh, sorry, you didn't make it. You're out. Okay, why did you go through all of that effort? <laughs> I mean, because if you're getting people down to like, a, say a top eight, top 10, and they've gone through that many hoops and you're a big company, which it was, 
there's some place in your company that they can create value. Why are you wasting all of that time in screening people just to say, oh, sorry, you you didn't make the cut. You're off. Go go back out on the street. Uh, But anyway, what I ended up doing after that was I really kind of sat down and thought, okay, I can either keep doing this because eventually I'll find something. I can keep doing this. But wherever I end up, I'm going to be looking at three to five years to prove myself. Because anytime you go to a new company, new team, whatever, it's going to take a few years for whoever the major decision makers are to really trust you. You know, people, they'll they'll give you some assignments. You'll have a few things here or there, but it's going to take years to really get someone to where they trust you enough to where you'll get major responsibilities, which is what makes you ascend. So my thought was, okay. If I'm looking at, if you know, if my clock is set for three to five years anyway, I might as well spend that time putting something together on my own. And I may make it in three to five years. It may take longer than that. I may go through a lot of, you know, a lot of heartache and gymnastics, all of which have happened. But I was like, okay, I've really always wanted to do my own thing, but I've been terrified by the idea of losing my corporate paycheck. I go, okay, well, the corporate paycheck is gone anyway, so let's just figure it out. And so one of the things I ended up doing after that was I uh, ended up starting out an expense reduction consulting business. The upshot there is that what I do is I work with companies to reduce their contract-based expenses. And I do that on a success fee basis so that there is no upfront cost, which is an awesome business model. The flip side is that it the uh, the lead time for negotiating for renegotiating contracts and then and then billing for savings is extremely long. That was one of those things where you have you know if you're going into this business, you either need to have an enormous cash position or you need to have some kind of side hustle that generates more immediate income. Which is where I got into where I'm at my other side hustle I'm doing right now. In addition to my podcast uh, called Terminal Value, which is I'm also doing uh, business development for an IT recruiting and managed services company. And also, uh, I'm also working with uh, two pre-revenue startups uh, in terms of working with them on uh, putting their business model architecture together and uh, figuring out how they're going to be uh, financing and structuring uh, structuring their capital deals. So but what all this really turns into is that my life kind of went from a okay, there's a corporate, there's a corporate track, you know, put money in your 401k, save so that at some point you can stop working and be able to pay to essentially do nothing for the remainder of your natural life to now I'm on an entrepreneurial journey of juggling as many balls as I can possibly imagine, interviewing people for my podcast, and then figuring out how to pivot my way to, to a successful business, which may or may not look like what I'm currently doing. Yep. Well, what a start. That's not <laughs> Doug, that's awesome. So three to five minutes and they cut off your internet. That's the, your access there. That's yep. you know, to the organization's crazy. Um and I thought, oh, how many years ago would have that been? But that's only been recently. Um yeah. Doug, what's you, you shared some really cool things here in the sense of transitioning from the corporate world into say your own business mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, how long after you left that corporate role to you actually starting your own business? How long did it take you? Um, that was about three, four months. Okay. And those three, four months, that transition, I find that actually quite fascinating, that period of time for a lot of people mm-hmm. because yeah. there is so much that goes through people's minds, right? How did you find that transition? Well, at the um, of course, right, the, the, the part that's really difficult is that, you know, when you're, you know, when you are not engaged in some sort of employment for which you're being paid, there's, it's, you know, there's a tendency to feel like you don't really have any value. Yeah. Um, you know, now, of course, the, you know, do, doing my own thing now, one of the things that I keep thinking back on 
is how, okay, I'm like, I spent a whole lot of time being paid as a corporate employee, irregardless of whether what I did that day created any value or not. Because you know, one of the first things you learn when you're running your own business is that, A, there's no such thing as paid vacation. Right? <laughs> the, the, the only way that anything happens is if you do it. Yep. Um, and so, you know, the, the, the whole notion of, okay, yeah, you know, I'll do, uh, I'll, I'll just barely do enough for today and I'll knock off early today. And uh, okay. You know, I'm going to go out on a vacation. Um, okay. Yeah. You can do all those things, but by the way, any time that you are not investing, you're not making money. Yep. Um, and so I think there's the, uh, you know, as, as they would say, right, there's the, uh, you know, the, the, the hunt, kill, repeat, uh, is the, you know, that, that is the way that life works, especially as you're in the very beginning of running a business. You know, as you get more mature, you can start implementing processes, you start getting staff, all that kind of stuff. But when you're starting out, right, you, you, you have to go through what I call the swamp. And the swamp is you, you start at one edge and say, okay, I have a business. And then you have to get to, oh, hey, I'm able to pay my bills. Those two things don't happen at the same time. Um, And so what ends up happening is you end up having to kind of meander your way through this swamp of figuring out, okay, how do I either get financing or or get or bootstrap and side hustle or figure out how to, you know, how to finance my business to the point where the revenues that are coming in are adequate to pay, you know, my business expenses plus living expenses, plus hopefully something additional. You know, that doesn't happen on day one. Yeah, you're right. And totally right. And I and I think what I talk about, you know, how you're saying about the value, I actually think that for me, it was more about a lot of people that they don't belong to something anymore. And for some of them, that's their whole identity is around that role or that organization. And that's not who they are. But the thing is, no. they think that's who they are. And they no longer belong to something. And so that transition is hard. It takes a different mindset. You're calling it the swamp as the thing, but it does take yeah. a different mindset to go through it as well. Because I think the big thing for a lot of people is that first month of not that salary dropping into their bank account, that's where they go, whoa. And they, they feel like, oh, now I'm out here on my own. So I started this agency, a digital agency back in 2013, like you mentioned, specializing in search engine optimization. However, 10 years prior, I was actually doing advertising sales as my first career move. I was doing B2B sales to SMBs, small, medium-sized businesses, and I was actually doing traditional marketing, selling ad space, as well as online digital performance-based online marketing. So understanding the different types of marketing roles and dynamics in traditional bricks and mortar, storefront, billboards, banners, to then the digital, which is email, banner ads, display, paid, contextual, retargeting ads, social. It gave me a good foundation of what worked and what didn't work at different stages of when people were looking and seeking for advertising. And I actually worked at Yellow Pages for five years. And that gave me a great grasp roots of how to sell how to understand and fact find, but then also position businesses to have the right product at the right time when people are engaged seeking out the product and service. And as you know, there was a transformation of uh, how people were using, utilizing advertising to find businesses that match in at that time of purchase. So that's when I gravitated towards either working for, say, the Googles of the world or Facebooks, Amazons, or try something different and unique, which was start my own agency. I didn't know anything about SEO. I, I knew there was a, a need in the marketplace for a reputable business, a company that people can trust, doing things uh, very authentic, transparent, 
And they just wanted that relationship ultimately. So I, I set foot and sold because that's my strength. And then I built a business around it. And I made tons of mistakes along the way, but I'm still here after nine years and I'm loving every single day and year and month uh, working with my team and my clients. So this will be year nine for you. So um, that's pretty impressive. So well done. Now, the yellow page is funny you say that because we got our phone book, our new phone book for the year. And it is so small. It is amazing. And I'm like, how come we still got a phone book nowadays? It's really quite interesting to see that uh, coming through. Tell me a little bit more about the journey, the transition from the role that you were doing before and you moved into the into that your own business. What was that transition like for you? So working in corporate or working for someone else, you were uh, pigeonholed to one specific task, right? Which for me was sell, sales, which was dealing with customers, understanding their behaviors, their intentions, and really listening and understanding the gaps to make sure that it's a good fit for the products and services that you represented that had the same values for that brand. So I understood how to sell based on what I was given and provided, but I knew there were a lot of other solution providers and other, other options for business owners. So I came from a more holistic standpoint than just a traditional sales rep in that corporation because I had worked for other types of advertising products and services in the world, right? So understanding the corporation standpoint, I actually was reading and really understanding the roles of not just me, but my sales managers, my direct directors, VPs, and every supporting role along the line from operations to customer service to collections to the software piece. And I knew there were gaps. I knew that when, when you're dealing with so many moving parts, there's going to be miscommunication, not in alignment with what's really being said in the sales realm to earn their business than what is actually perceived and produced, right? And there was a huge gap because we were seeing it from the front end, right? Like the grassroots of it all. But when people are doing their marketing campaigns, branding campaigns, or when there were customer service issues and billing issues, there was a huge disconnect. So when you go with a larger company, there's always going to be a lot of gaps and alignment issues. And that's where I wanted to mend things in a smaller boutique kind of agency because I knew where the gaps were and I just wanted to represent my business, my, my clients the right way. Mm, yeah, tremendous. That, that sounds really cool. Hey, tell me something, uh, the size of your organization, number of employees today, do you, do you have, because you know, a lot of the digital world, you don't actually have a lot of employees sometimes. And so for yourself, you know, over the nine years, how, how big has that, that organization got to? Uh, so right now we're at about 40 staff, full-time staff. So I've grown it organically based on our client uh, demands. Mm. And I try to forecast based on, uh, you know, just projections, but it's been a little bit difficult last couple of years uh, with unpredictability. And I deal with a lot of SMBs, which are bricks and mortar storefront. So as you know, they were hit harder than ever. And these were things that were without, not, not within our control. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And so those bricks and mortar organizations, did you have to get in beside them to help them in there, maybe to adapt what they were doing or help them in their online presence? Oh, yes. So just acknowledging what was going on in a global landscape, we mm. were 
becoming more of a priority to an or an extension within their business. I feel like the type of agency we've built was relationship retention and long term, just building that extension as a core role within the organization. So. Just like a staff or a longtime employee, you want to take care of them. So we were becoming a service provider that was an extension like that. And a lot of businesses understood what we brought to the table, what kind of communication, what they got from us. So they kept us during times of turmoil, right? But for me, I, I wanted to really dig deep to really help them along the way because when people aren't visiting them storefront or they're closed completely, how do you transition to a digital store? Or how do you still earn revenue through uh, recurring income through monthly subscription or something that they didn't even think about when they were just providing a service, like some sort of maintenance contract or something that gives them some sort of influx of cash, prepaid gift cards or something. So I was always thinking of ideas to keep them going because it was there was so many uncertainties in the world and you didn't know when things were open or not. And these were government re- mandated uh, legislation that they, without their, within their control, things that were not within the control. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, um, John, because you're based in Canada, two years down the track, have things opened up again beautifully for businesses and that? Yeah, so currently things are now open. It's been open for a couple months, but then you're hit with new problems and situations, supply issues, supply chain issues, uh, the war, uh, disruption of energy prices, inflation. So there's always something. And these are headlines and things that as a business owner, sometimes you just have to live within your control and avoid all the news and disruptors in life. Because if you're going to be caught up with all this, you're going to be running through all these rabbit holes, not knowing what to do, right? So you need to really focus and have clarity on what your whole intention and goals are when you start your business in the first place. Thank you for listening to this episode of Leadership is Changing with your host, Dennis Giannoutsas. Each week, we and our guests provide information and insights through exploring leading change, inspiring executives and leaders to adapt and lead a bigger game in a fast-moving world.